Good evening, everybody, or good morning, or good afternoon, depending on where in the world you are, which is topical, um, because welcome to Conversations. We are joined by Richard Haig and Michael Bowser, Richard being in Australia um, and um, Bowser being in the US, I think Philadelphia, unless you've moved far away. No, still there. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, so um, lovely to have you both. And it's probably unfortunate for Richard that we're going to ask, what are you drinking today? What am I drinking? Well, sadly, not a, a cheap Aldi Red, but I am drinking my coffee out of my uh, little penguins mug this morning. So uh, thoroughly enjoying, uh, thoroughly enjoying your company. It's funny you should mention Aldi because um, um, last weekend um i got a um a 12 case from life weights um which also included a bottle of a prosecco um so 12 wines prosecco four tumblers for 60 pounds oh, wow. they're, they're all 10 pound bottles and this evening um we have um a bottle of um paydoc called um cavalier which is actually really really tasty bowser it's probably a bit early for you to be um hitting the hard stuff as well I don't know. I don't know. I uh, was considering it, but I took a cold shower instead. So I didn't even, I, normally I would probably have to like a chocolate milk by now or something like that, but just water so far. Fair enough. Um, so in terms of what you guys do, so Bowser, I know you do something to do with cars and Richard, I know you do something to, to do with um, pretending to be Australian when the ashes are on. Uh, this is true. This is true. Australian when the uh, ashes is on or depending on when England are losing. Um, but otherwise, otherwise, many other things. Mm. Um, so so basically, you are only English when we're playing Bangladesh. Uh, something like that. It's interesting. My wife has a hierarchy when it comes to supporting other teams. So uh, so typically, if uh, if France or South Africa are playing in the rugby, it doesn't matter who is uh, is playing against them. She will be supporting them. Um, but she's very selective on uh, on who she supports, uh, considering we are Australian and living over here. So when we turned up to the Ashes and I was wearing the green and gold, she was sat there going, no, you're nuts. <laughs> it's white all the way. You're probably going to need to explain to about half the audience what the ashes so, are. So, so basically, um, Richard um, recently became an Australian citizen, um, having been British for the rest of his entire life. Um, the ashes is generally a sporting term for when England play Australia. And Richard decided for that moment he was going to be Australian and post a very proud picture of himself wearing um, Australian sporting gear to be ridiculed by the entire English nation. And ridiculed I was, but I've survived and it's okay. The, the, the therapy isn't all that expensive. <laughs> Very good. Um, so serious question, guys. We'll start with Richard. Um, are you a lifelong cyclist or was riding bikes indoors your first real exposure to cycling? Yeah, no, I, I'm absolutely a lifelong cyclist. So I, and I say lifelong for at least the last 40 years. So I remember coming uh home now home at that point was hong kong my parents moved to hong kong when i was two and we had spent a month traveling a bit of north america a bit of europe and we'd come home and i had this brand shiny new rally chopper and so that was my first experience into cycling three speed all my friends had bmx's and they all laughed and pointed 
until we got onto the flat and he put it into third gear and I just cruised away. <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that for me was just the love of it. Um, I started time trialing uh, sort of semi-seriously as a teammate, teenager uh, and, and found I was quite good at that. Hills, Hills were not my friend. Um, but uh, after a bit of a short break, I got back into swifting, um, what, uh, two and a half years ago and never looked back. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to Hills and a certain grant. Um, how about you, Bowser? Um, did you cycle before Zwift? I think I'm the exact opposite of Richard. <laughs> um, so no, no cycling experience. Um, I grew up playing hockey, which is like the opposite of endurance, pretty much. Um, never done any endurance sport um, before this and actually came across Zwift um, as primarily a gamer. Um, which probably will make some sense if we talk more about some of my uh, tactics. Um, but more as a, uh, a video gamer, I think I stumbled across Zwift on YouTube, probably. Uh, I don't really know. Um, maybe like Cam Jeffers or somebody who's, you know, now a little taboo, maybe. But um, I was just like, oh, I should get in shape. Uh, I could maybe do this. I don't really want to go outside. And that's that's how it started it, it makes some sense you you ride like a hockey player uh yeah no i think it makes a lot of sense yeah. uh, <laughs> i think i don't know if that's why my my heart rate's high but i and why i love like one to three minute efforts um i think my body just from playing it from probably when i was five uh just got used to a shift um so i agree i think that's probably a lot to do with how i ride so, so talk to our non-American and Canadian um, listeners about ice hockey. Is it basically you do like 90 seconds work and then have a little break? 90 seconds is a long shift, James. <laughs> I, I think maybe as a kid you do 90 seconds, but um, I think as you go on, like 45 to 50 is like kind of your goal. Um, wow. But I was a defenseman, so maybe a minute. Um, but again, I think it all makes a little sense when you think of it that way. So, Richard, um, sports outside of cycling at all? Um, I mean, we know you like to watch the enemy play cricket. Um, were, you, were, you a, were you a cricketer yourself? I was. So I'm, um, I, I mean, old money, six foot five, and new money, 195 centimetres. So I was an opening bowler for the school, for the clubs I played for. Um, batting, not really my forte. Couldn't really quite find a bat with a handle long enough. So often the ball scooted underneath. Um, I also used to play hockey, but I used to play the field hockey variety. So I played at a reasonably high standard until a, a rather unfortunate accident uh, saw me looking at the sole of my foot one day. And that was the end of uh, most running sports. Um, but uh, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm big into my sports, but I, I got to pick and choose now. I've got two young kids, so cycling is is where it uh, where it is right now. Funny, Let's... Richard, you actually are the, you you did the uh, the British Australian version of uh, what I did. I'm what six six, 198 centimeters, and pitched uh, in baseball through college. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it helps being tall when you're doing stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Rich, um, obviously you're, you're friends with Grant. Um, I am. Grant, Grant is a, a very strong cyclist. Um, I, I understand he's taking you on um, a couple of uh, recovery rides. 
uh, recovery rides. Let me let me let me just explain what these recovery rides are. For most people, a recovery ride would be get on the bike, do a nice short spin, Z two. Um, Grant explained the recovery rides were uh, a ride where you were permitted to recover afterwards. But if we weren't covering hundred kilometers in just over three hours, then we weren't trying hard enough. Um, the last ride, I was actually looking at this on Strava last night. The first 90 minutes, I had normalized power of 384 watts um, and 4.2 watts a kilo. Um, and he was in front of me and I was drafting him all the way. And, um, and to, to these recovery rides, are they flat or are they hilly? Uh, Sydney, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, is really hilly. Um, I had the impression when I first moved here, here in 2008 that it was flat as a pancake. No. Everywhere is up. Even the downs are up. Uh, it's a little bit like uh, Harrogate. So any, anybody who has a, a love for Harrogate will understand what I'm talking about. Um, you know, typically in a 100k ride, we'll get in about 1500 uh, meters of elevation. So quite a bit going on. Yeah, definitely. Um, Bowser, um, since, since your um, exploits in Zwift, has that encouraged you to get yourself a bike and go outdoors? Well, <laughs> well obviously I have a bike. <laughs> um, I don't have like quite a collection like a lot of people that come on here. I have two bikes, um, usually one that can go outdoors. And I pretty much, I've done some like charity rides, but I pretty much only ride two breweries. That's about it. That doesn't sound like um, a particularly bad use of a bike, to be fair. Yeah, maybe like three hour round trip, couple breweries. That's usually my outdoor riding. Um, Everything pretty much is usually around a Zwift schedule. Very good. I, th I think I'm doing it wrong if that's the case. <laughs> it's it's do it I do 100 <laughs> kilometers uphill. I mean, there's, there's, there's a mistake I'm making. Yeah, Bowser, I've been missing the, uh, the herd mentality. Just like, here's, here's the brewery I've ridden to today. I, I mean, uh, it's been a little cold out. Yeah. Um, it, uh, this week, there was one day where it was warm. Um, but usually I, I don't try to go alone. I'm not that, you know, sad of a person. I usually try to recruit a friend and I have not been able to, uh, to get them to come out yet to ride. So in the winter at like freezing below zero temperatures. Yeah. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, so Bowsering um, is a technique in Swift. Tell what us it, about yeah, it. Yeah, what's Bowser think Bowsering <laughs> is? Because everyone has a different definition. <laughs> it is. I think. Um, I think if you, you know, if, I think just being a gamer first. Um, I just I come into Zwift going, how can I, perf you know, outsmart people in a video game? Um, obviously, Bowsering maybe has taken some turns. A lot of this started. That term started when. I guess it was Pack Dynamics 1.0. Um, obviously, James is very up to date now on all of the technical terms over there, but um, I think it was 1.0 where you could pretty much just dangle off of the back of any group at about three to four meters and just surf. Um, and I kind of became known for surfing off of people in higher categories and doing about, I don't know, a 2.2 to 2.6 watt per kilogram effort and beating, you know, multiple B racers as a C rider. Um, so I think it became a little bit of a joke when you would see my name, uh, you know, on Swift Power decently up the leaderboard at 
mid twos um, and just became a joke on Facebook, people calling it Bowsering. Um, that's I my I take on it. I, I don't think it was necessarily a joke. I, th I think it was more admiration than mockery, to be fair. And I'm, I'm very quick to get into Super Tuck. Um, <laughs> I think you know uh similar back to you know games is like i'm very big on learning the, the course even small undulations um just to get any bit of advantage um possible um i mean i think a lot more people are doing that now with uh zrl um but i mean i probably started you know taking you know training and, and looking more seriously at this like mid 2020 something like that um where i would maybe do a recon ride learn everywhere you could super tuck anywhere you could you know just stop pedaling do 1.0 um and then i yeah man, maybe an admiration <laughs> i don't know <laughs> um i i think from the races i've seen you do i think whilst yes the drafting is one thing but also knowing when to be at the front of a pack at the key points during a race so you know there's like a three to five percent um segment coming up you'll move yourself through the pack so that you're ready for the climb um and that's i'd probably say clever um sensible um and comes down to actually having a really good understanding of the route you're racing on which is massively important yeah i think i think that works on any pack dynamics i mean that's the only we just raced today I was with like probably a plus riders were in that. I don't know. The, the pace was stupid. I was racing with Sean and I, even at like 200 BPM, I'm still trying to move up against those riders just so I have somebody to hang on to as we go over a crest or something like that. Um, I think there's a lot of little things like that where you just pick up um, where my goal is I'm, I'm like constantly thinking about that. Um, Actually. So you're, you're talking about, you know, knowing the courses, you two are actually two of the, two of the DSs that I have uh, had DS for me, or, or, you know, I think Lauren's uh, Richard's been DSing for the little penguins and you, both of you go really in depth into here's the whole course. Here's everything you're going to need to know. Uh, although you do have very different styles. Uh, Richard is uh, maybe a little less yelly. <laughs> <laughs> I like Richard as a DS. He's DS me. He's very calm, which is definitely the opposite of me. I, th I think, um, Bowser, you haven't DS'd me, but I've been in. I've been in a team with Richard. I'm not sure if Richard, you've actually DS'd me, but um, the level of prep that you would do before before a race, to the extent that we've got 10 meters at two percent, 15 meters at three percent, is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, uh, the um, see, I, I I think it's one of these things that if you've got a team who's about to put out uh, a full bore effort for forty five to sixty minutes, the least I can do is be prepped, <laughs> and you know it, it. This kind of iterated over time. I'd uh, I'd had my uh, my right shoulder uh, fully reconstructed about eighteen months ago, and I was off the bike, and I kind of went well. I'd still like to be involved. Let's let's start DSing. And you know, the the early days were you'd just get on Discord, you'd watch the game, and you'd try to call it as best as you could. And I thought there's got to be a better way. Hmm. Um, I now spend about an hour and a half before every race prepping and actually literally going through and 
seeing every single bump, undulation, opportunity, rise, etc. And I think, you know, as a, as a racer, it's helpful when you don't have to think about the course. It's mm-hmm. helpful when you know what's coming up and what efforts you're going to put in. It's helpful when you know it's your turn and you're just being told, go to the front. It's not so helpful when you're doing 197 beats a minute up a uh, up a hill, Lauren. And, no uh, you've got a, and you've got a DS shouting at you going, you've only got 300 meters to go. I want more effort. Um, <laughs> Except I didn't even get that in the last race because I lost Discord right as the race was starting. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, it was it was so I I'm lucky that Sean is sitting there next to me. So I had a stand in DS and Fantastic. I he took some uh, some of the calm from from you. But the the little penguins who for for folks who wonder if a DS helps, we're top of the league right now. Um, so a DS helps a lot. And the calm voice is the thing we talk about the most uh, in addition to the coffee drinking. <sighs> Yeah, we do, we do have quite a lot of a discussion of coffee. Well, I have a discussion about coffee drinking and sometimes about the scenery, which often doesn't go down well. And I'm like, oh, look, it's Mont Saint-Michel over there. And they're like, we're doing 190 <laughs> watts. And uh, what are you doing? I would say that Sean probably says I was very different as a DS. Um, yeah. I, when they were in the, uh, the championships in C1, uh, I was their DS for mo- a lot of those races. And my guess is he would say, I am probably not that calm. Um, I'm probably not that quiet. Um, I've hurt multiple members of the team from yelling at them to push too hard. Um, and they just but they listen. All, but they listen. <laughs> and I mean, and uh, <clears throat> they did win uh, the championship. Um, and I, I, for me, that's just how, how I'm getting motivated. And I know that I've had members of of that same team uh that's how they treat me so i think it's just a mutual respect <laughs> thing but I, I agree i agree with richard um so much prep is is for for dsing is you know so useful um i think the biggest thing is there's so many um different recorded races on youtube and stuff where for me i mean that's just maybe not how rich does it but i literally just scan through a race um and observe where um it, it just t- just constantly look at that elevation percentage and just write it down um mm-hmm. so it doesn't take me an hour and a half i maybe not i i tend to be maybe a little more in the moment but um yeah i think it's just until you've had a good ds i i don't i think it's super underrated um it's really yeah. about knowing what your team need and what your role is as in the moment coach. And, and sometimes the team needs shouting at, sometimes they need calm. Um, and, and I think it, it will depend on the circumstances. And, you know, it's kind of leadership lessons. That's probably one of the sort of the big things. I think the thing I kind of really like about, about DSing is, you know, not, not just helping teams through and pushing people harder but it's also afterwards is the replay of what did we do well what could we have done better what are we going to learn from next time um and and you kind of see it with with little penguins and we've seen it with with um a whole load of other ds teams where their their performance is lifted and you can see them winning championships um and they may not be the best team on paper but as a group, they're absolutely the best. So, you know, it's 
you know, from a DS's perspective, it's actually really gratifying when you see that all come together. Mm. And, and I think um, you get different people who respond to different manners. And I think it also depends on the course as well. Um, like when I DS for cookers a couple of times on the flatter routes, it was generally a case of just staying exceptionally calm, calling out turns. Whereas as soon as you get anything hilly, it gets a lot more complicated. Yeah, absolutely. Unless you're with a platypus and they can just pull pace lines up hills, <laughs> down hills, round hills. I know, yep. like, uh, it's one thing to have a DS in team time trial, which is pretty or relatively common, let's call it. But I, I, like, I know as a captain of a points, like a team when you're doing points races, I can't like click around and look. And I'm sure there are times when, like, there's someone who, if you just said to him, listen, you, you squeeze for five more seconds, I'll come back. I mean, you could drag those people up, but they don't you can't tell how close they are. You can't really tell how tired they are. You can't see where the other racers are. And so like, I think it's super valuable to have someone who can, you know, click through the racers and be like, no, trust me, you just need to go for five more seconds. And that guy's wheel is going to be right there. Yeah. One you of, can't see that. when you're. One racing. of the things that I remember the most was actually, I think we were doing the volcano climb in ZRL like three times. And uh, Nate Holm was, had gotten to the top and was totally blown. And, Bowser just started yelling at him. Yeah, get there, get there. This is your race. And ended up in the front group after that. And yeah. I will say, Bowser, that Sean has taken that when he is serving as my DS. This is your race. You're done after this. I'm like, all right. right, It's always always a lie to just get him to go a little (laughs) further. But I kind um, of am getting that. Yeah. But it does also work. But if you don't get there, then your race is actually over. So, yeah. yeah. So, Rich, um, we, we've obviously discussed um, Bowser's racing strategy, both on this podcast and for probably about the last 18 months to two years, um, regularly. Um, what, what's your racing style? Are, are you a drafter? Do you like to go on the attack? How do you go? I- I am probably the most lazy rider out there. And, and, and by that is I have one style of riding, which is time trialing. Um, I, I, I have not learned to draft properly. Uh, and I know there, there were comments, I think we were going around Paris and I was putting out God knows how many watts at the front and yet still came about 15th. Hmm. And Bowser's comment in the chat afterwards was, well, if you'd learned to draft, you'd have probably won. <laughs> um, and so, you know, literally I get into races and I will go full bore. It doesn't matter where it is, um, but that's to my detriment. Um, I, I'm not a skillful racer. You know, I, I look at Bowser, I look at Sean, I look, I look at a number of, of riders out there and I kind of think I wish I could emulate that. Um, but when I get on a bike, I've just got to go full bore. So I'll say yes for you, you sometime. <laughs> just shout at me yeah are you, are you very much from the sort of um john fielding school of racing where let's just hold 400 450 watts for as long as we possibly can if anyone's still there fair enough pretty pretty much absolutely uphill down dale um more, more often than not because i i can't hold that wattage for uh, that period of time i'm the one that gets dropped but uh one day i will learn Getting on the wheels of uh, Grant Platy uh, has taught me a fair few things. I bet it has. <laughs> about, about, about survival, about friendship, about... Uh, he's, he's my neighbour. He's literally downstairs. Um, so, uh, yes. Excellent. Um, I, I respect different... Like, this is the one frustration I always have about Zwift racing. It's like, in real 
racing. You can kind of look around and it's be like, listen, let's go get this guy or let's just these suckers. But in Zwift racing, like you go off the front and everyone just looks at you and goes, see ya. Like there's no, you know, like I've watched, uh, this is a bit more of a triathlon example, but like I've watched a lot of the Brownlees racing and like those guys go to the front and they literally like lean over at the guy next to him and be like, listen, you get on the front of this pack and you pedal like your life depends on it or I'm going to leave you behind. And you don't get that in Zwift. Like you just, you pedal and it's like, nobody knows. It's like, okay, dummy, go ahead. You see people trying to do it though, Brent, because you know, you see the messages come through and people are trying to organize themselves, but it's just too slow. Yeah, you know, yeah. when, when, when you're going full bore and trying to type at the same time, <laughs> something yeah, has to give. And, and, and you get the, the type of person, Tim Rush, um, who does actually send uh, messages throughout the race. Um, although, to be fair to the guy, he, he uses like voice activated typing. So I'm going to let him off slightly. Um, but you get the people who are like happily sending messages away. Um, there is absolutely no way in God's earth I'm like going F, um, like FTP and a bit more and oh. able to just, oh, I know, I'll grab my phone and I'll send this gentleman next to me a little text going, would you mind, would you mind awfully taking a turn? Much love. Yeah. Um, and I, I think certainly from a team point of view, talking about like outside of ZRL and TTT, um, the value which I've banged on loads for the last two or three years of being on Discord with your with your teammates. Um, I think we're really good at that for TTT and ZRL because we insist on it. But if you look at like the HWR races, certainly a couple where no one's on Discord whatsoever. But if there were lots of us on Discord, we could yeah. work together and go for a, um, a coordinated attack, which you see teams like ATP do quite often. Oh. Yeah, it, it could have come in useful today. Uh, we we got down to the flats. There was a guy about six seconds ahead of us, and I was like, well, uh, I'm going to try. It was actually uh, me, Bowser, and Shifty in a little group of three with a guy up ahead, and it was like, all right, I'll get to the front, and maybe that will uh, you know, put some impetus into our little group, and we can go get them. Uh, I finished my turn, and then Shifty attacked over the top. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fully understood what was going on. I just was not participating. I had already accepted my defeat, so no chance I'm pulling for you guys there. Um, I feel like the new pack dynamics actually have made those attacks happen a lot more. Um, like in the same race, of course, a couple minutes ago, um, the A's attacked before the rise out of the desert. Um, which I fully expected and obviously it was like this is stupid I'm not blowing myself up right here um, but I mean oh people followed it worked it blew the group up I feel like the new pack dynamics because you can snap that that rubber band um, of, and those people off the back it it has really changed it, the racing in my opinion I mean I'm, I'm trying to catch up for my time off and figure out all these new little tricks but it's really changed Bowsering. I can still do it, but um, I, you know, when there's an A, when there's A's doing seven off the front, I'm like, there's just no, mm -hmm. there's no chance. Um, anyway. You got to move up to a Chris Greenland three point two. <laughs> I used to be there. I'm trying to get back. Um, so, so on that note, Bowser. So um, you've had some time away, moving house, um, getting your new place all set up. Um, 
one of the things we've talked about on this podcast in the past uh, with um, Tatum, who um, we, we tried to talk to him about recovery and then he did um, HWR twice in a day. Um, how have, what, 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 what's your um, plan been to get back to where you are? are? Are you doing anything in particular or are you just doing a Tatum, just racing whenever you can? I, I mean, I think, I'm, I think I screwed it up a little bit this week, but ideally... I'm doing two races. It's nice that I'm not in any com- series competitively right now. I'm just doing um, HWR and maybe a TTT uh, and maybe a Stampede, like usually just to pick two um, and then trying to do some recovery rides, maybe with a friend or something. Um, so maybe like four, four days a week. You should join me for a recovery ride. You will be permitted recovery afterwards. That's like anything over an hour. I'm like, this is, I'm, I'm out. Um, but yeah, my plan is I, I need the, I just because I, that's why I got into it. I, I really do need the races for motivation. Um, but I do best if I, you know, have two days where it's an hour. Um, I think so, everybody does, right? Yeah. Uh, you had, so you had been, you had been up in the bees, right? And then did you, you got injured or? <laughs> um, yeah, so I was into the low bees. Um, bees, bees is so tough. <laughs> especially so when the, uh, especially for us shit bees. <laughs> They're so fast. Um, so I was in the bees, but I probably wasn't training enough anymore because it was in the summer and just wasn't sticking with it. And then, yeah, I uh, was drinking and I crashed an electric scooter and I messed my um, MCL up. Um, So that was like my original forced break. Um, And then I moved and just life happened. But so now you're doing back. Yeah. The, you, you, you've got what, the the d to b d to b again challenge what's the i mean how's it going um you tell me i mean i was able to hold on to you for yeah (laughs) till the last uh two kilometers today so i mean it's it's coming along but i mean just i was thinking about like when i was doing um zrl like i was i had the ability to make stupid moves and attack when people after you know sprints and stuff and i just have a long way to go um with you know short recovery um but i feel like you know the the ability i i am getting better every race just sticking with you guys who you know i've raced with for a long time was a nice motivator today so building up that fitness is is tough because i'm it's going tough. through something similar you know I've, I've not raced for 10 weeks uh, for various different reasons and you know i'm i'm lucky to get to 2.8 and and if i achieve that i'm happy and yet i sit there and go there is so much more potential but it's in my future and it's certainly not in my present right now i, I think i think generally from everyone that i've seen that's had some time away the 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 fitness level that you've achieved previously is very much achievable again in the future um obviously like extending past that is a very very hard part but if if you stick at it you will absolutely get back to where you were yeah absolutely it it just takes time and the sad thing is that Mm -hmm. you know you may lose your fitness in eight weeks and it may take you 20 to build it back up again 
Yeah, and I think I think when that does happen, one of the fun things to do is to drop your drop your FTP down to what it's dropped down to, and then just watch it gradually go up and up and up, and, and that will continue to motivate you. But um, Richard, I, I've just realised why um, Grant calls your rides recovery rides. So you're in Australia, which is on the opposite yeah. side of the world. Everything happens there that is backwards, including the water rotation. <laughs> so what you need to do is go out for races with Grant. Ah, okay. Yeah, no, that, that could that could work. I think the last time I tried to go out for a race with him, I lasted three minutes and uh, <laughs> I saw him an hour later when he probably lapped me twice. So basically, in Grant's world, races and recovery rides are the same thing. Pretty much. Did you know, though, he owns two greyhounds? And this may explain a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'm actually... Um, <laughs> I'm actually um, quite enjoying the karma here because I think last time um, you and I were on a, a, a Zoom conversation, you were drinking um, some very nice looking gin. And yes. now it's uh, seven o'clock in the morning in Australia and I've got a nice red wine. This is true. This is true. We are doing a, a, a V-Gin session tonight. So it seems that gin has permeated the herd. And, and, and for this, I'm forever thankful. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> There is a small group of us who had a chat group, um, include Mark uh, Kavansakul, uh, Grant, Ben Poynton, um, and, and, and the four of us have the Zone One Gin Club, um, where we talk all things gin and bikes and not bikes. Um, but tonight is V-Gin night, so uh, we will all sit and uh, repeat that exercise. I, I remember um, the um, the last time I was invited, I turned up with a uh, gin glass filled with um, fizzy orange. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's um, it's an interesting one when you're trying to do vegans or uh, a coffee slash wine catch ups with people in very different time zones. Yeah. Um, and as we've all proved today, it, it, it's tough to find an acceptable hour. Although over Christmas, I was drinking uh, Christmas cocktails at 10 a.m. Um, <laughs> and, my, and my wife had to call it at that point when no, 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 time out. You need to stop this. <laughs> it was very yeah. good, though. Hmm. So, guys, um, future plans, um, Zwifting, outdoors, life, anything in particular? Yeah, let, 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 let me kind of lead with that. So, you know, you guys may or may not be aware, but I had a short stint as a professional frame builder some years ago. So I still make my own bikes, though haven't done it for a few years now hmm. uh, as a result of life happening, etc. So I currently have two bikes on my jig, which I need to uh, get finished. So I've got a little town bike, beautiful Porter rack. Uh, if I was in Philadelphia, Michael, I would come and ride with you uh, because it would be perfect for getting the uh, the beer back from the brewery um i'm also nice replacing here too well exactly exactly nice little three-speed sturmy archer uh, hub um just just cruise along and just enjoy the uh, enjoy the day and then the opposite bike is the bike that is going to try to kill me um which is uh, designed around aero tubing and fully internally rooted etc um so uh, so yeah so that's that's kind of in my future um assuming that i've got time to do that spend time with my wife and kids swift spend time with friends, do some work and earn some money to keep that little habit going. And for anybody who thinks that making bikes is cheaper than buying them, no, no, it is not. It is like being hooked on crack. Um, <laughs> if you have seen my garage, and I may take some photos and send it to you, it's like a treasure trove. Are you doing like steel, aluminum, carbon? Steel. So um, everything I do is steel-based. Uh, I can't TIG weld. Um, so all of my, uh, my, my bikes are finished with brass or silver brazing. Um, 
but yeah, no, it's fun. I love it. I'm 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 a frustrated engineer. As 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 a kid, I wanted to be an engineer. I'm a strategy consultant, um. So I'm about as far apart from engineering as I could get. But being able to make stuff and being able to see the fruits of your labor is 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 kind of where I live. So uh, anyway, that's uh, that's what is in my future. How how you uh how do you arrow do arrow tubing for for steel? Yeah, so the arrow tubing is formed by the manufacturer. So okay. I, I use stuff from Columbus, um, and it's just making sure you set it up, notch it properly, and get the tubes buttered correctly so you can you can uh, braze them. But cool. uh, yeah, I don't have that ability, um, and I'm certainly not going to the expense to buy the machinery. Hmm. How about you, Bowser? What's what's going on in the next six months? I, I was I was literally on my phone going <laughs> like how long how long do I have till something a race that matters kind of um, so I guess ZRL next season is April so probably uh, aim to do something in the seas there um, that's probably it hopefully I can like try to incur do more training rides to actually improve a little quicker um but uh i didn't even have that on the radar until today honestly today was the the most competitive race i've had since coming back so um yeah i mean other than that um waiting for the weather to get nice and maybe ride outside and get beer i, I that's all i got what, what <laughs> um what what time zone are you in um, central I'm, I'm eastern Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying yeah. to recruit. I'm trying to recruit people for my um, 2 p.m. UTC um, <laughs> recovery rides. So far, I've been unsuccessful, but uh, I, I will continue to plod away. But um, no, what, one thing actually, uh, um, I, I seem to recall you having actually quite a cool job, and I think you should tell everyone what you do. So my main job is not very cool, and I'll just say I work in government. Um, but my hobby is uh instructing um on track students in race cars um we'll put it that way um so it's it's typically like high performance driver education um but that just started as that's really more of a hobby um as i got into it i don't know maybe eight ten years ago um and it's a lot cheaper if you you know are also a coach and can you know, so I've done a lot of courses to figure that out. Um, so I, I mean, maybe maybe racing is something I'm interested in um, mm. in general, but um, or maybe I'm just I don't know crazy because I sit in <laughs> race car race cars next to uh, people that have usually never done anything like that before. Um, so you ever had a yeah, really it's a, a bad one, a wreck or anything. I I have been in a wreck, um, but it was raining, so it definitely was not my fault um but i mean it, it's really like i know after one lap if they're gonna listen to me or not and that's pretty much how i judge my whole day if they're not gonna listen to me like i'm not i'm gonna be very um calm I, but if they're listening to me i'm actually end up becoming like a herd mentality ds and um I'm kind of, I'm, yeah i'm kind of i actually am kind of known for pushing um it, pushing people harder than they expect because even just whatever car you have in the driveway like people don't realize how incredibly capable they are um so once you learn that you can i can feel kind of safe going all right we got plenty of brakes or um 
so yeah i mean maybe i ds there too maybe that's helped me a little bit awesome that's the, um, that, <clears throat> that's the point about kind of getting more out of people and they don't often realize that they are capable of an awful lot more than that uh, and it's really gratifying when you see that so it's, it's great to hear that you're, you're, you're doing the same thing yeah and I, I the only thing i was gonna say is like um i think one of the thing one of my weaknesses um probably that everybody else knows is in that same sense is like i i push myself like way too hard in races um like i think i'm probably known for like going so so incredibly hard and like into dark places if you look at my efforts um so i think my goal right now in training is to not reach the point where i crack like every other race but i know when we were when i've gotten into the bees that was pretty much like a 50% chance of like am i just going to blow myself up so that's something i've really had to work on is like figuring out how to read my body especially as not an endurance athlete in the past so i've got today, today i almost broke <laughs> i've gotten used to watching the uh the streams and uh seeing you go way too deep and then rage quit i was just thinking like the number of times i've seen bowser's heart rate um go over 200 every race yeah 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 and like in chat just earlier today somebody uh i forget who it was from the herd was saying i think your heart rate monitor's broke and i was like no. nope no this is my <laughs> third this is my third one it's a wahoo ticker and i hit 210 it's just is what it is yeah I, i've bad. never seen my heart rate like on a legit measured one go probably above 180 like it's like i can't i'd fall off the bike and pass out when i hit 170 i like the walls close in you know you get that little like darkness and it like narrows in it's like it's gotta stop from falling over like, like Bowser the, knows that one all too well the, the, the only time i've ever seen mine go over 170 was like a five minute absolutely everything in hill climb effort um and it went from like 168 to 178 in the space of 10 seconds so i think that was a heart rate monitor failure rather than actually my heart rate going over 170 um and like even the concept of it going over 200 is, just seems like inconceivable oh Damn, yeah, Bowser! I, mean, I I thought you were joking about the two ten, but you you no. hit two oh nine today. <laughs> yeah, on my screen it was two ten when I um hit that feather and sprinted over the top of the climb. So, um, yeah, I, I thought know, we had I, dropped you at that point. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I I knew um just because of how many ZRLs I feel like we've done that hill or DS'd over that hill that that last bit is just really kind of tricky on that last corner so i was i knew i was gonna hold it till then i was kind of hoping that other guy would drag me to you but no i had to do like a 700 watt sprint at in full like blackout mode um yeah you had you had one of those moments where it was like this is the race (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're yelling at yourself yeah and it looks like i don't know i pulled up my 195 average heart rate it's i mean it was a short race 35 minutes that's nothing so that's nothing i've still here 195 that, that, that's like that's like dead to me yeah. i mean literally yeah. gone so, so we're talking an average of 195 yeah we're talking an average of 195 for 35 minutes yeah. most people would actually die rather than yeah. just feel like they're about to die 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like I, I mean some of that will go away with you know working yeah. on you know my recovery during you know races, mm -hmm. but for you know recovery for me is like one seventy nine. Um, anything <laughs> under 180 but today's race was so fast um yeah. i think my heart rate was like 189 by the time we you know got up to speed i mean the people were flying so yeah so put it put it into context my zone two is 110 <laughs> yours is probably about yeah. 150 yeah. i guess it, it's knowing that heart rate variation and it's one of the yeah. things that i really look at when i ds and I try to get to know people so that if I'm pushing Lauren up a hill and she's doing 190 beats a minute, that's she's okay. got more. Yeah. If I'm, <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I'm pushing any of the other littles up a hill and they're doing 190, I'm like, no, you need to back it right off. Mm. And every, like, um, I think the main point here is that everyone's different. Like I've got grief because like someone's looked at my effort in a race and went, oh, why didn't you try? I was like, I was at 160 beats a minute. That is like my, absolute top of threshold stroke vo2 whereas mike's getting grief in a race for having a heart rate of 210 that's how fast his heart goes when he's going really really hard when i'm going really hard mine's 160 to 165 everyone is different the whole theory that it's was it 220 minus age, age? is a lie yeah, that thing is a age. lie yeah I, I don't know it, it might be your uh your mental age like Bowser's like a 10 year old, right? <laughs> On the course, probably. Yeah. I mean, there's a, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much the, the most childish. I'm always chirping at people similar to like on a hockey rink i um, i remember I, i'm one of those chatters that is typing like james was saying how do you do that that's constantly chirping <laughs> i i remember doing a certain race in bologna when i was getting all kinds of chirping from you as i um as i overtook you uh probably i hate that course any <laughs> climb over five minutes i'm pretty the, maybe the volcano climb any that's like my max climb and i'm trying my hardest to like change that in you know build up that 20 minute 15 mm -hmm. 20 minute effort a little more maybe as like a fresh start but it's probably not going to happen rich, rich probably knows but um i've got some workouts i could send you is it is it less than an hour the hard parts <laughs> yeah no no um I, I, i'd say it's probably around about an hour around 10 minutes um very enjoyable um don't do it <laughs> you, you may have two reps of 20 minutes in there i'm just saying two by 20 at 105 i believe was the yeah uh it's the it's the yeah two by 25 um ftp plus 10 You'll be fine. Yeah. I feel like for me, just because I know how to motivate myself, is the only like stampede for me is the best training race. Mm. Um, if anybody does not do that race, I feel like um, you know, whereas normal Zwift racing is a cyclocross race, mm. you know, it's it's all out from the start, maybe recover, maybe not full out 30 to 60 minutes. Stampede is the only one that I actually think I like gain any actual fitness, not like kill myself. Um, so I've been definitely that one. I'm trying to mix in as much as possible, just because I think those, those efforts and are, are, are just the way to go. Of course, it, it's just like what you're saying. It's, you know, one Oh, it's just one Oh five, but 
it's yeah. uh, there's somebody else in the course, so I care. I don't know. I think I think the Stampede is actually probably the hardest race. Like d- doing a ten or twenty mile TT, you are always setting yourself out to go at the ax- absolute max that you can hold for that period of time. Whereas, like standards with scratch racing, is it's difficult in a different way because you, you're going full out for the first couple of minutes, probably a bit of recovery, massive attacks on the hills, and then massive attack at the end. Um, where uh, so that, that that's all about your like one and five minute power, whereas Stampede is all about your twenty to thirty to forty minute power. Yeah, and you can, and for me, like I can't game it, right? I can't game mm. the system. Yeah. I can't. I can't. It's the only way I yeah. can't play the video game and try to play the video game better than somebody mm-hmm. else, which is pretty much how I'm always thinking. So I like force myself. Um, I pretty much when I've been in my best fitness is when I try to force myself to do Stampede races weekly just to try to sit at, at threshold as long as I can yeah, and then just, you know, make sure I have enough recovery. But um, for I, me, like, I, I, yeah, I'm always trying to do as little as possible, even in any race. So stampede is like the only one you just can't do it. No, exactly. Well, see, scratch, scratch races are like that, but I will say like, if you do stampede for your like 20 minute to one hour power, and then you do bullseyes for your like 30 seconds sprint power, that's like, covering the range right there because those mm-hmm. bullseyes i'll tell you, you could, I, yeah you sit in but like if you're in the right race when it's on it is on yeah i think pritch used to say that he would do stampede bullseye and ttt um it's so like stampede for 20 to 60 minutes um bullseye for your like um sub one minute power and then ttt for probably very similar reasons depending on whether or not you're in a team that does um pulls or not yeah, I mean that's that's getting your over unders, which is also real good for threshold work. Yeah, exactly. No, the funny the funny thing is that uh, we're all talking about the threshold work. We're all talking about getting our heart rates maxed out. Um, I'm glad to have you all to talk to because when I try to talk to uh, friends, family, colleagues, they look at me like I am from another planet. They're like, what are you doing to yourself? So this is perfectly normal. They're like, no, no, it is not. And if you have a conversation, there's a reason why there's people from like seven time zones on this call. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and if you if you have a conversation with Grant, he's like, "What do you mean there are power zones on the Z4?" Uh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of have a look at mine, and it's like, "Ooh, I'm, I'm massively in the red. Am I hurting?" And he's like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but I, we, oh, uh, I have uh, one more question that I guess is really out of order, given uh, you know what we've been talking about but how did you find the herd and do you have any like specific races that you have really loved or you know great great race memories yeah so go go ahead i'll go first Um, all right so i was thinking about this i actually think it was from bullseye um uh i think bullseye is kind of the well probably just like a group ride but quickly you know i'm not really motivated by that i'll do it for recovery um so i think like whenever the herd racing facebook group i probably just went straight to that because i really enjoyed bullseye um races just because i think i i'm really good at hanging on as long as onto the back of a group and uh short efforts were kind of my thing um as far as favorite races um i mean i think that the zrl season where i 
was kind of split between the hogs and mentality it was pretty ridiculous um so basically i was racing for one of the teams depending on time zone either they were both c1 one was in the uk and one was in, in the us and the other one i was dsing for so i was either so i was on the course twice a day um both teams performed like super well that year um and yeah I, I mean the best race i think was probably the volcano climb times three i mean that was like i think Sai and i ended up sprinting for like first and second and then later on you know pushing pushing you guys and nate over the top was just a very cool day and like one of those courses where there were just so many games and it was like you could you could really work as a team um that for me that was like probably the most fun uh race experience i think um one of my most enjoyable racing experiences in zrl was with you in cat c um richmond uci one lap um yeah you dominated well no you 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 were i think you were fourth and i was fifth um but I came round, um, like you've got the last climb going up towards yep. the finish line. I was in 20th and finished in fifth place. And you were like five metres of front of me, <laughs> yeah. probably thinking, okay, that's enough. And, and the other time was Yorkshire, where I'd very, very, very nearly got to the top of the KOM with a front group. Just missed it. And then a massive group went past me on the way down the hill. Um, and... I think I was in about like 12th or 13th place and you were 14th pulling along a massive group saying, don't worry, I'm just trying to break away from them so they don't catch you. And you pulled them all along to within about two meters of me by the finish line. I I think, see, so I've heard this before. First of all, that, that was like the first ZRL season and um, yeah. on the hogs was, it was really fun. Yeah. That was a great, that was a great season is, you know, uh, we were getting like discord strategies together that was like kind of like i feel like the first real super competitive like people were just killing themselves mm -hmm. to race um so that was really fun i remember both of those times i think you're wrong on both of them um so on the the richmond uci yes i i i just always destroy destroy myself and that last bit is just like that never-ending climb to the finish line is one of the worst places in Zwift. Hmm. Um, so I don't think, and you, you think I was like trying to make you sprint or something. I think I was, I was probably maxed out and just no, 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 not, not, not that there. one. Um, you were just quite a way ahead of me. Um, um, I, you weren't trying to get me to do anything okay. there. It's just like we just happened to finish with it within about five meters of each other. And the uh, the other one, I you've said that before as well, and I'm pretty sure I was probably just sitting on the back of them and then just out, tried to outsprint them. There's because we were in Discord, I wasn't trying to chase them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, but uh, that season was awesome. That was like it really, really was. fun. Um, we had quite a bunch of characters from uh, the Facebook uh, um, put together a team. Um, I think we were streaming like all of them either. Hmm. on your uh on the herd page or on my, possibly both um, <laughs> possibly both um so we could have some angles to see who was right um but yeah that that was a really zrl is i mean with the herd has just been really fun to like push 
you know, push everybody. Hmm. Um, I think that's the thing that that community that watching everybody improve the working together for a common outcome. You know, this is what I think. You know, I love about the hood. And, it's, and it's, I, I think. Um, sorry, sorry to interrupt there. Rich. Um, I, I think it's a safe place as well where we can just say, oh, I did this. I'm really pleased with what I did. And yeah. even the ride reports, it's like that they're always massively supportive and encouraging, promoting everyone's efforts. And yes, there'll be a very, very, very occasional isolated incident where someone says, why didn't you do this? But as a vast majority of the time, it's a safe place where people can talk about their achievements without anything punitive whatsoever. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. And, and you know, people still work hard. People try hard. People compete. Um, but they do it in a really nice way. Hmm. And, you know, I, I think, you know, kudos to the original herd leaders who, who, who put the herd together. You know, what's there, 14,000 of us now? And that's 14,000 like-minded people who kind of all behave in a similar way um, and have a similar ethos, similar ethics. And, you know, I, I suspect if, if others are like me, that's why you keep on coming back. It's, it's, it's just such a great place to be uh, when you find a group that, that actually, um, actually does that. How did you find the herd? Yeah, so I was, um, I, I'd started doing some training programs and I, I got on the bull run. And mm. I, I think whoever was the, uh, the ride leader at that point basically said, if you want to join the herd, he's our link. And I went, oh, I wonder what the herd is. And that was me taking the blue pill and went right down the rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, I, I very... suspect, suspect back, back then it was probably Marius. It could very well have been, absolutely. I think there were there were a fair few of the original group doing the ride leading. Um, but the bull, bull run was just, you know, eye-opening for me. And as a D slash low C rider, you know, I was really struggling to keep up with mm. that. Whereas when the bull run for me last year, was that was a true recovery ride. You just get back on it, just pedal away, text people, have a chat. And you kind of think, wow, you know, things have, things have changed. Yeah, bull, bull run, um, like when it started... Um, it was far too quick for me as a recovery ride, and I'll, I'll I'll never do anything much over recovery unless I'm doing a workout or it's a race. Um, and generally, I would probably want to do a hundred watts off race effort as a recovery ride. Mm. And yeah. ball, ball run was at that time probably not a million miles away from my FTP. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, it's funny because I kind of look back on the early days. So, you know, my, my, my favorite events, uh, the weekly Thursday team time trial. Um, and I remember, again, in the early days when the Platypus was not quite what it is now, when <laughs> people like Craig Martin and myself and Pete Nutter uh, and Mark Kavansikal were all in the same team. Um, and, you know, you, 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 you'd be this whole mix of abilities. Um, and then, you know, you, you, you build up over time, more people join. Um, and, and before you know it, you're a bee and you might be at the back of bees. And it's frustrating being at the back of bees. And then all of a sudden you're at the front of bees and you're knocking on A's door and you thought, well, how did that happen? Mm. Um, and then you discover you're back in the seas again, which is a very disappointing thing. And then you kind of go, oh, better go and rinse and repeat that. I, um, I actually remember being a 2.5 stroke, 2.6 rider in the platys. 
mm. which now is just inconceivable because you basically need to be able to hold four or five. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I remember the uh, the, the chat with uh, with Dax when uh, Mark was basically saying, right, uh, we have got hilly reverse. Uh, we are going to do 4.7 up a hill. Well, they think I think they did 4.7 average for the entire ride. Um, and, and so that has kind of stuck. So if you ever see 4.7 floating around, it's yeah. Watopia Hilly Route. <laughs> yeah. And probably slightly easier for Mark than Dax. Uh, yes, absolutely. And um, Mark, Mark is uh, like Grant. Both of them are just weapons on a bike. They're light, they're fast, they're strong. Um, and when, when you look at somebody's FTP and you go, oh, well, you're uh, you're 30% less than me. And it's like, yeah, but your weight is an awful lot less. And so your your ability to just fly is something else. I, I, I used to think like relatively similar in the um, cookers and, and, and the sharks before the sharks became an entire A plus team. Um, back, back in the days where there weren't any 300 plus in the sharks, but there are plenty of 300 plus in the cookers. And um, yes. just, just looking at the cookers lineup used to scare the living shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and it's funny because, you know, I look at the cookers now and you have people like, Debbie Richards Heller, who is knocking on the door of 300 watts herself. Um, and you kind of go, yeah, there are some really strong riders. Doesn't matter, men, women, that they're there. Um, on, on, on that note, um, I, I want to touch on Debbie actually, because um, her improvement has been absolutely phenomenal for the last 12 months. Um, so she, she's gone into Women's A, she's winning Women's A races. And is now really, really close to mixed day. Um, and we should probably talk about that family as well, because um, Angus is an absolute rocket. How old is he? Um, 14? I'm not sure. I think so. Because um, he, he, he's done a few rides in the Sharks, and to the extent that he's pulling them along, because he's an absolute machine. Um, yeah. And I, I, I gather her husband's an extremely accomplished rider as well. So incredible cycling family. Um, Debbie, if you're listening, um, you've done so, so well, and we are so proud of you. Um, and Angus is absolutely brilliant and also a very, very polite young man. Which is important. It is very important. Yeah. Guys, do we have any more questions for our um, very kind visitors? Bowser, you should tell the people about your streams and where to find you. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, I post some of them, um, but on YouTube, it's just Bowser bikes. Um, it's pretty much usually just herd races. Um, so you might see yourself on there, or if you TTT with me, I've been just throwing those up too even though i really don't like ttt right now um but yeah i mean that's where i and and even if i ds i usually put it up on there too um definitely check them out they are very helpful um you know if you're thinking about racing you're thinking about your strategy just just hook into those watch them and you'll get a whole load of hints and tips and if you're lucky twitch for those who have also come to Zwift from a video game, which I'm now learning, like, is it like a lot of people? So, it's a lot uh, like of people. I, I, you're one of like the three people I subscribe to on Twitch, Bowser. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think um, I, I have like 10. Um, just, just on the, uh, the TTT point, um, 
in my mind, it's a love it or hate it sort of thing. Um, I do not like TTTs um, just because of the level of pressure I feel under that I have to perform in order to support my team. Um, and because I'm generally one of the lighter riders and my watts are generally lower, I'm automatically worried that I'm going to be a disappointment to the rest of the team and let everyone down. And I find that really hard. Um, but Bowser, I don't know what your dislike of TTTs is. Um, I think, well, first of all, yeah, I think you got to, I think ideally I want to be able to do 300 watts. I mean, that's like getting up to there is like kind of my, my goal. Um, and I mean, sometimes the courses just aren't, don't appeal to me. I think like the first one I did in coming back was like 85, 90 minutes. And it was just, it was like, this is miserable. Ugh. Um, and I, I mean, I think, uh, I, maybe, maybe the pack dynamics aren't, aren't as appealing to me too anymore. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tricky. I, I think also, you know, I think there's different, no, I think it's great in the herd. I think it's like one of the best ways to get into racing. I, that's probably how I got really into meeting a lot of the herd. Like in 2020 was, you know, I remember being a D doing um, TTT and getting dropped on the first lap of, you know, Watopia flats or something. Um, just getting spit out the back, like multiple weeks in a row and sticking with it. So like, it's a huge motivating factor for a lot of riders and I really do get it. And usually if I'm on a TTT team for outside of ZRL, you know, I'm, I'm not chirping at people. I'm not being a DS when I'm in there. I'm trying to just be polite and, you know, get a workout in. Um, I think I, it's just because I look at it more of that way rather than competitively, it's tougher for me. Mm-hmm. it's an interesting one because you know i kind of look at it in a slightly different light which is it's the race of truth with friends yeah. um and 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 it's a funny one because i think sometimes you can be built for ttt uh, and i certainly am it suits me i'm not built for hills i'll do them but i'm not great on them um but it's it, it's that horses for courses thing yeah it really uh, is and I, th- I think because the teams are generally sorted out by what's per kilo I think I, I and other light people might get elevated into teams that don't necessarily suit them. Um, huh. I mean, obviously you've got um, you've got Mark K, who's just an absolute monster, and he's a, in the top team. But um, I think there have been occasions where I could potentially have been in the platypus, and that would have been an absolutely awful idea um, because I would have had ap- like. Um, so Mark can do four seven. I can do four two. Um, yep. I would have had absolutely no chance of hanging on, probably on the flats and definitely not on the hills. Um, so I, th- I think the whole, especially on a flat TTT, the lighter riders do struggle. Mm. And is yep. there a better way of sorting the teams? I think Lisa does an absolutely phenomenal job, and I love her to bits for doing it. I don't think there's a better way of doing it um, for that kind of scale. Yeah. Um, so I mean, the the best sorting would be watts per watts per CDA, but doing that calculation yeah. is for everybody is a bit tough. Yeah, and and I just want to be very very clear. Um, I am not being critical of Lisa Jones at nah. all because she does an no, no. absolutely phenomenal job. 
um, and I am so grateful to her. But there is not a better way of doing it. Um, and if it was an entirely flat course, then yes, maybe um, sort by watts. Um, if oh. it's an entirely hilly course, maybe sort by watts per kilo. But those things do not exist. But when you've got good team dynamics, and I think this is one of the things I like about the herd TTT, mm. is if you need to sit in and miss a pull, then you can do that. Yeah, um, absolutely. If you've got a good DS that's seeing you struggling, they will make you sit in. Um, and it just keeps everyone together. Um, and I think the interesting thing is, as much as we talk about struggling in, in the game, more often than not, we'll get to the end as a group yeah. and we'll all celebrate. And, you know, that celebrating the success is kind of really important at the end of it. Absolutely. You know, the, I've survived, I've made it, I've led it, whatever it happens to be. Um, but but I, I take your point. It's, it's, it's not everyone's cup of tea. Hmm. It's still like, I still think it's probably the best way to get into meeting members of the herd. I think that's how I met probably a lot of people that are similar power riding to me that I'm going to see at a Friday race. Um, so, I mean, it, it's for me, like, I just remember when I was starting to get motivated, you know, motivated, it was just cool to meet other people at very, very, very close to me that I, you know, I ended up racing against probably for months. Yeah. And I think also it's um, a really good, entry level introduction into racing um and quite quite often you'll see someone saying someone who's joined joined herd racing goes oh i'd like to join your races and then suddenly you'll probably get about five or ten people going do the ttt um because Absolutely. it's a good good way of getting used to doing threshold efforts um and i, I think go back to rich's point um in terms of when i've ds for cookers um you'll you'll get people who say actually i can't take this pull um leave me out for a bit and, and then you'll get other guys who say actually i'll do 60 seconds instead of 30 i'll help you out um oh. and th that camaraderie is always there yeah I, I think it's what makes the herd special hmm. um but it, it it is also what keeps the individual teams alive um, yeah. and keeps everybody interested and, and part of that group. Um, you know, it's funny, I, I kind of look at the, the, the platies and the sharks, and this is a slight aside, but it is TTT related. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the banter I see in chat every single week is, is actually really, really fun, the pre-banter, the post-banter. Um, until I kind of came to the realisation that the platypus and the sharks are basically one team. They just trade <laughs> players depending on which zone they can race in. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I know that um, Luke, Luke's been um, a bit of a trader recently, and I've, did did Constantine um, race Platypus? He did. He did. Um, he did. I'll have words. Um, but, um, and TJ and 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 and. and. So, so basically, they've all decided let's do double TTTs on a Thursday because it's fun. Absolutely. Why <laughs> wouldn't you? Um, I, I I think like from a competitive point of view. The whole Platy Sharks rivalry has been phenomenal. Um, I would like to say I was part of the first um, Sharks victory. Um, I was in that team. Um, myself and um, Brian O'Connor were very happily doing three and a half up the Alp and just letting them bye-bye. <laughs> um, and the, the front four absolutely destroyed that climb. Um, yes, I was in that team. 
yes, I'd like to say I was on the winning team, but I, I did absolutely nothing to help them at all. <laughs> just um, just say that you were you were at the front during the flats on the way. Think the thing is, I don't think even that would be true. <laughs> um, Nobody remembers they were putting so much effort in; they weren't looking at the screen. Yeah. The funny thing was, like uh, Constantine said, um, "Okay, let's take it easy at the start. Let's do four point zero on the flats." So I was like, Constantine, I don't think that's actually taking it easy. Um, that's like zero point one below my FTP. That doesn't sound like we're going to be taking it easy. And then we did four point two on the flats, and then we hit the hill. <laughs> But yes, um, having said all of that, it was actually a really enjoyable day. Yeah, and that's the point about TTT is more over the friendships you make, the ongoing yeah. banter, the racing. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. You know, the, the floggings that we administer to ourselves every single week as a result of uh, taking part in this event. That's almost neither here nor there. It's all the other stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's like... Um... I'll say Mark jokes about the floggings. I, I know it's not a joke and the floggings are real, but the camaraderie that um, the Platties have before and after and a lot after the race has actually taken place is phenomenal. And the same happens for every single team. That's yeah. why I'm very, very proud to be part of herd racing. Yeah, absolutely. No, built a good group there. I think... On that bombshell, I think we've been, we've been going on for well over an hour. Um, We're just patting ourselves on the back over and over again. <laughs> and that's fine. Um, <laughs> but um, Richard Bowser, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, thank you ever so much for joining. Richard, at crack of dawn. Bowser, at probably middle of the day somewhere. Very welcome. It's been uh, fantastic to, uh, to be here with you all. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I'll uh, see you guys out there. You will do indeed. And we will see you on um, Bowser Bikes. Hopefully. <laughs> thanks. Thanks very much, everyone. And for everyone that's been listening, thank you very much. A good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Mm-hmm.